MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Today, Mike Flynn's brother was in the room when the call for backup came in during the insurrection. Pelosi says there's no question that some members of Congress gave aid and comfort to those peddling the big lie. Michael Ellis is put on administrative leave pending an investigation into his appointment at NSA for general counsel. Kevin McCarthy changes his mind on Trump inciting the insurrection. The Secretary of the Army has resigned. A judge has denied the NRA's motion to dismiss the New York Attorney General's lawsuit against them. McConnell says he wants to delay impeachment until February, and Riley Williams faces additional charges for stealing Pelosi's laptop. I'm your host, A.G. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Happy Friday. Today, uh, if you are listening to this early enough, I wanted to let you know Dana Goldberg and I will be live on the Stereo app doing a Q&A happy hour interactive uh, little show there. It's on the Stereo app. You can download the Stereo app for free. And we'll be doing that at 2 p.m. Pacific. That's 5 p.m. Eastern. That's today, Friday. And then, of course, we will have the happy hour on Zoom for patrons. So if you're a patron of this show, you can look in your email or on your Patreon account to see to get the link to uh, to that Zoom call. If you want to become a patron, you can do that at dailybeanspod.com. Now, we do have a lot of news to get today. Uh, to get to today. I'm going to cover uh, what I can. And later on in the show, we're going to be talking to Adam Klasfeld. And we're going to, he and I are going to cover the uh, what's going on with the NRA lawsuit from uh, Letitia James, New York Attorney General. We've got some good news in that um, reporting to discuss with uh, Adam Klasfeld. And then, of course, it's Friday. So Amy Carrero will be joining me for the good news. And we have a couple of court cases for Amy's court. If you have any good news or confessions or corrections, or you have a dispute that you uh, need to have settled in Amy's court, uh, please send those. You can uh, send those in at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, everybody, the lead story today is from The Washington Post, and they say, quote, the Army falsely denied for days that Lieutenant General Charles Flynn, the brother of disgraced former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, was involved in a key meeting during its heavily scrutinized response to the deadly assault on the Capitol. Charles Flynn confirmed in a statement issued to The Washington Post on Wednesday he was in the room. He was in the room where it happened for a tense January 6th phone call during which the Capitol Police and D.C. officials pleaded with the Pentagon to dispatch the National Guard urgently. But top Army officials expressed concern about having the Guard at the Capitol. Now, it's not in this particular story here in The Washington Post, but I believe what they're referring to is Pyatt. Uh, Lieutenant General Pyatt, who said he didn't like the look of the National Guard going to the Capitol. Flynn left the room before the meeting was over, anticipating that the then Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy, who was in another meeting, would soon take action to deploy more Guard members. That's according to Flynn. Who believes him? Not me. The general's presence during the call, which has not been previously reported, came weeks after his brother publicly suggested that Trump declare martial law and have the U.S. military oversee a redo of the election. There is no indication that Chuck Flynn shares his brother's extreme views or discharged his duties at the Pentagon on January 6th in any manner that was influenced by his brother. Uh, But it makes sense that Flynn... 
The Army's Deputy Chief of Staff for Operations, Plans, and Training would have been involved in the Pentagon response. Interesting, right, that Mike Flynn, oath keeper extraordinaire, QAnon oath taker, uh, one of the leaders of the uh, insurrection, uh, ha- his brother was in charge of this or should have been partly in charge of this. The D.C. Guard answers to the president, but the president delegates control over the force to the defense secretary and the army secretary, essentially leaving it to top army officials to make critical decisions regarding the district's military force. Flynn, however, is not in that chain of command, according to this reporting. So while it seems that he would make sense, you know, being involved in the Pentagon's response because he was in operations plans and training, he's not in the chain of command to uh, to deploy National Guard troops. The Army's initial denial of Flynn's participation in the January 6th meeting, despite multiple inquiries, this comes as lawmakers demand transparency from the Defense Department in the aftermath of one of, you know, our greatest national security failures, which left one police officer and four rioters dead. The Capitol um, desecrated also, and the lives of Vice President Mike Pence and members of Congress had endangered. And Army Secretary Ryan D. McCarthy has resigned. He resigned Wednesday. He said in a letter to the military's largest branch, capping a term of uh, tumultuous moments that ended with the unprecedented use of the National Guard at home. His departure comes amid questions about his role readying National Guard troops to respond to the U.S. Capitol riot in Washington on January 6th and about whether delays contributed to the disastrous outcome. They did. His responsibilities included overseeing the use of Guard members in D.C., Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi said today there is no question that there were members in this body. Uh, She says, I'm quoting her, there are members in this body who gave aid and comfort to those with the idea that they were embracing a lie, a lie perpetrated by the president. And speaking of Pelosi holding people accountable, National Security Agency General Counsel Michael Ellis, who was installed by former President Donald Trump with the help of Christopher Miller, the acting secretary of defense during his final days in office, Ellis was put on administrative leave on Wednesday because his appointment is now the subject of a Department of Defense Inspector General investigation. And that's according to a source familiar with the investigation who spoke to CNN. House Speaker Pelosi on Sunday demanded former acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller immediately cease his plans to install the Trump loyalist as the NSA general counsel. She called the move highly suspect and argued it represents a disturbing disregard for the country's national security. She says, quote, I ask that you immediately cease plans to improperly install Michael Ellis as the new NSA general counsel. That was in her letter that she wrote directly to Christopher Miller on Sunday. Uh, Pelosi also said she was calling for a probe, quote, into the circumstances of the NSA general counsel selection process by the department's acting inspector general. That's who's going to conduct this investigation. As we know, before joining the Trump administration, Ellis served as the head counsel to Rep. Devin Nunes, We all know who he is. And then Ellis became the lawyer for which the National Security Council, and he refused to testify as part of the House's 2019 impeachment inquiry. In March 2020, Ellis became the senior director for intelligence on the NSC, on the National Security Council, joining other Trump loyalists in key intelligence positions. And we know he was the one responsible for stashing the transcript of the call between Trump and Zelensky, the one that got Trump impeached, into that NICE code word classified system. And then he did that to reduce the number of eyes on it. Now, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said Thursday he doesn't believe former President Donald Trump incited the riot at the Capitol earlier this month. That's pivoting away from comments he made last week that the president bore some responsibility for the assault. 
McCarthy previously told House Republicans that Trump bore and also accepted some responsibility for the attacks, according to four Republican sources who were on a private January 11th GOP caucus call. Two days later, McCarthy said on the House floor that the president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. And these facts require immediate action by President Trump. Those are McCarthy's previous words. The fresh comments from McCarthy, a staunch Trump ally, diverged from the remarks by Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, I love saying that, who said Tuesday Trump provoked the riot on January 6th. And now that 22-year-old woman accused of stealing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's laptop and planning to sell it to Russian spies, well, she's been slapped with new charges that could see her spend 20 years or more in jail. The Justice Department had initially charged Riley June Williams on Sunday with entering a restricted building in disorderly conduct uh, in the Capitol riot. And we know, we've, we've talked about this on Cleanup on Aisle 45 and some of our stereo live shows, that, you know, the, this was sort of, and I believe that Michael Sherwin, the acting U.S. attorney in D.C., said, hey, we get him on the easy stuff. We bring them in and then there could be more charges later, more serious charges later. Well, she's now got serious charges. In a Tuesday court appearance, U.S. Attorney Christian Housby also charged Williams with theft of government property and obstruction of justice. And that's according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. If Williams is found guilty of those charges, she could be sentenced to 20 years in jail. And in a Tuesday update to the affidavit, an unnamed FBI agent said, that a security tape from inside the Capitol showed Williams entering and exiting Pelosi's office. The agent then added the person with the username Riley. She posted on Discord, quote, I stole shit from Nancy Polisi's, <laughs> she spelled it P-O-L-E-S-I, and, quote, I don't care. I took Nancy Polisi's hard drives. I don't care. Kill me. Uh, Drew Hamill, deputy chief of staff to Pelosi, said on January 8th that the laptop was only used for presentations. And this is great because I, if you listen to this show on a daily basis, you know Dana and I joked a couple of days ago, wouldn't it be great if it was just a bunch of boring PowerPoint presentations about Senate rules and or House rules and shit like that? It was. I was right. So beans come true. It's just a laptop used for presentations. That's according to Drew Hamill, deputy chief of staff to Pelosi. According to the FBI Sunday affidavit, Williams packed a bag and left her mother's home in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, sometime after the Capitol riot and deleted a number of social media accounts. Hmm. Interesting. Well, now she faces 20 years in prison. And Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, I'm going to say that every time now, has said he now wants to delay the impeachment trial of Donald Trump until February to give Trump and his team time to develop a defense, saying he is in no rush. McConnell's in no rush here. Shimon Prokopes from CNN says he's told um, that Trump has chosen a South Carolina-based attorney to lead his impeachment defense team, and there will be more lawyers named to his team in the coming days. Now, the minority leader can't delay the impeachment on his own. Pelosi would have to agree to wait to send the article of impeachment to the Senate, and Chuck Schumer, the Senate majority leader, would also have to agree to it. McConnell has said he has not yet heard back from them on whether they'd agree, though Chris Coons has told CNN that Democrats would be willing to delay impeachment if Republicans agree to move forward with Biden's nominations. The House and the Senate have approved the waiver for the nomination of Lloyd Austin as defense secretary. He needed a waiver because he hasn't been a civilian long enough to become the defense secretary without it. But if there's no deal on a power sharing agreement, which Mitch McConnell, by the way, is now threatening to stop with a filibuster, these nominations could be stalled further. Andrew Torres and I will discuss the power sharing agreement again. We've already we did that in this Wednesday's cleanup on L45. We're going to discuss it again next Wednesday and also how this is going to play out and the filibuster gambit. 
Um, so we look forward to that um, next Wednesday on Clean Up on Aisle 45. Just so you know, I am for going nuclear and getting rid of the filibuster. That's just my own personal opinion. I, I, I have a feeling uh, Andrew Torres is going to disagree with me, but... I'm right. Okay. Next, the latest round of pardons and commutations, 143 in total, followed dozens last month when Trump pardoned associates like Manafort and Stone and four Blackwater guards convicted in connection with the killing of Iraqi civilians, including children. New pardons include Steve Bannon, who was under indictment on charges that he misused money to help raise funds for a group backing the border wall. But he has not yet gone to trial. Brady pleaded guilty last year to conspiring to violate foreign lobbying laws as part of a covert campaign to influence the Trump administration on behalf of Chinese and Malaysian interests. Broidy also got a pardon. Among others receiving pardons from Trump were three prominent Republicans who served in the House before their convictions. Those were Rick Renzi, who was sentenced in 2013 to three years in jail in association with a bribery scheme involving an Arizona land swap deal. Robert Hayes of North Carolina, who pleaded guilty in 2019 to lying to the FBI. And Randall Duke Cunningham of California, who pleaded guilty in 2005 to taking $2.4 million in bribes from military contractors. So bribe takers and liars, kind of exactly what we were expecting in this group of pardons and commutations. Trump also commuted the sentence of William T. Walters, a wealthy sports gambler. A jury convicted of Walters in 2017 on charges related to his role on insider trading, and he was sentenced to five years in prison. Mr. Walters hired Trump's former personal lawyer, John Dowd, in 2018 after he stopped representing Trump. Uh, Mr. Dowd bragged to Mr. Walters and others that he could help them receive pardons because of his relationship with the president. Dowd has also said Trump would look favorably upon those who had been investigated by federal prosecutors from the Southern District of New York, an office that the president has long viewed as hostile towards him because he's a criminal and that has been involved in other investigations touching on him and his allies because they're criminals. This is according to two people briefed on the matter. Mr. Walters has paid Mr. Dowd tens of thousands of dollars to represent him. That means to lobby Trump for pardons for him. Finally, we have learned that Trump had no plan on vaccinations, meaning that Biden will now have to start at square one to develop one. Briefings from Dr. Fauci resumed today. As Fauci said, he's ready to be transparent with the American people about the virus. Now that he's out from under the Trump administration, he indicated that that was going to be kind of the way it's going to be going forward. Uh, he Even when he was asked a hypothetical question, Fauci said, hey, I'm not going to guess. And he added that that's the difference between the last administration and this administration. If, if we don't know, we aren't going to guess. We just say we don't know. And I think that that's brilliant. We'll be right back with Adam Klasfeld to discuss the latest in the New York Attorney General's lawsuit against the NRA. And then after that, we will be joined by Amy and we'll read the good news and have a couple of court cases settled. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, I'm going to give this a shot. Everybody, it's AG for the Daily Beans. Le monstre orange and in fin quitte la maison blanche. In case you don't speak French, I believe that means the orange monster has finally left the White House. And I just learned it from Babbel. That is the number one selling language learning app. Uh, This is AG. Of course, one of my goals for the new year was to learn a new language, and Babbel has made the whole process addictively fun and easy with bite-sized lessons that you will use in the real world. Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. I chose to learn French because I love... I love I love the language. I think it's beautiful. And Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. I can take my Babbel lessons when traveling or when I'm out for my walk. Uh, unlike the infamous language classes you took in high school, Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind. It's not like when I took German and they taught me Das Hund springt aus dem Polizeiwagen, which I still remember, but means the dog jumped out of the police car, and I have no real-world application for that. 
These are things that you'll use in your everyday life, and that's what's great about Babbel. Uh, you know, other learning apps, language learning apps, use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you get an additional three months free. That is six months for just the price of three. So just go to Babbel.com and use promo code Daily Beans. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com and use code Daily Beans for an extra three months free. Babbel, language for life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by senior investigative reporter and editor for Law and Crime News, uh, previously reporter for Courthouse News. It is Adam Klasfeld. Adam, welcome. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you very much. So today, you reported on uh, an interesting motion filed by the NRA in their lawsuit, or the lawsuit that was brought by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. Can you give us a little background on that lawsuit and then tell us about this motion to dismiss the case against them? Absolutely. Well, the lawsuit is basically a lawsuit that is seeking the NRA's dissolution, uh, saying that uh, Wayne LaPierre, leader of the NRA, uh, used it as his personal piggy bank. That's a quote from the very extensive and detailed complaint. Uh, and it contains allegations about uh, executive staff there basically using donor money inappropriately. And because the NRA had incorporated in New York, uh, that lawsuit uh, basically gives them gives the New York Attorney General's office uh, what they see as an opening to uh, dissolve it. Sort of reminds me of the lawsuit brought by the same New York Attorney General's office against the Trump Foundation, uh, which was dissolved and money had to be paid back. Precisely for the same reasons. And it it is basically along that same spectrum. Uh, it's absolutely correct that the New York Attorney General's office uh, brought the case against the Trump Foundation, uh, owing in no small part to the investigative journalism of David Farenthold in uh, the Washington Post. And when it came out about all of the uh, suspect expenditures from the Trump Foundation, Letitia James's predecessor brought that case. And it went on for quite some time until Letitia James itself brought it to its final resolution, which was a large money judgment. And of course, the Trump Foundation's sh shuttering. And now the same sort of trajectory is happening again with the NRA. And was that Schneiderman or his pre his follow-up, Barbara? I believe it started with Eric Schneiderman. And so his successor, Barbara Underwood, uh, had it for a part of the time. Uh, I, I would have to, you know, it's it's going back. Um, but <laughs> but it, that sounds like uh, what happened with the Trump Foundation. And we had the similar kind of uh, financial mismanagement uh, with the NRA, correct? They were using it for private things. We know Wayne LaPierre had that giant mansion uh, and, and some other expenditures were going on. And I think, wasn't it like Oliver North was also complaining about financial mismanagement at the top in the top ranks of the NRA? And so this lawsuit then came to be. Yeah. And thanks to... The Farenthold reporting is incredible. Right, right. And with the NRA, some of the uh, expenditures, you had Letitia James alleging that Wayne LaPierre 
uh, was using donor money to finance his excursions via private jet to safaris uh, and all sorts of uh, uh, what they allege to be inappropriate expenditures at their donors' money. Uh, so it was uh, so that lawsuit today. What the big development was is that a judge in Manhattan uh, denied a motion to dismiss. The NRA uh, set out a series of motions saying that they wanted to pause the case. They wanted to move it to Albany, where they claimed uh, that was where they said their offices were. And they wanted to dismiss it, saying that this will be a, a federal case. They countersued. Uh, the day that uh, the New York Attorney General sued them seeking their dissolution, the NRA filed a countersuit in federal court in Albany uh, saying that the First Amendment rights of their millions of members are being violated. So that started a different argument. The NRA was arguing that... Uh, because their countersuit exists, they should. Ha- it's not convenient to litigate in two different places. Well, the judge shut that down today. By <laughs> okay, base. so wait. So right. hang on a second. Hang on a second. So they they countersued the New York Attorney General's office. Yes, saying that the lawsuit that she brought to dissolve the NRA because of its mismanagement and mishandling, gross mismanagement of funds and. It's illegal, by the way, to you, when you're a five hundred one c three, you're five hundred one c four. You have to spend your money very specifically, uh, and so they countersued saying that their First Amendment rights of the NRA members were violated. How did they explain that? I mean, that or they did just did they just say it? They were and didn't give any proof or evidence. What they're saying is that they are being. They claim that this is a part of a political vendetta that before uh, Attorney General James got into office, she gave an interview calling uh, the NRA a terrorist organization. So they're saying that this is basically promises made, promises kept on the campaign trail. That okay, said, so a political vendetta, but you broke the law. Like, it's not, you know, if, if, uh, if you shoot my neighbor and I don't like you because you're a Trump supporter and turn you in, your defense for murder can't be that I don't like you because I voted for Joe Biden. It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. That doesn't... Absolutely. And and that's what the Attorney General's office is saying. This is a straightforward application of New York charity law, that charities uh, operating in New York State are have to abide by their rules, that you can't misspend donor money. Um, but there was a very uh, interesting argument that the NRA made at one point claiming that because they filed this countersuit, it's con- inconvenient to have the countersuit in federal court in Albany and the NYAG case in New York City. The judge said, well, didn't you essentially, and this isn't a direct quote, didn't you bring that on yourself? Well, if that's a problem, why didn't you file the lawsuit in Manhattan? So this so this whole kind of procedural uh, wrench that they tried to throw uh, by saying, oh, it's not convenient because this lawsuit that we filed is in a different location 
Well, that was a result of their own making. Have you ever seen anyone use this kind of defense before where they'll, where they'll countersue and then in a different jurisdiction and, and say, look how inconvenient this is? Have you, have you ever <laughs> seen anyone? I mean, I remember, I, I vaguely remember something about, and this was Manafort being prosecuted uh, in Virginia and in D.C. and there being two cases and they wanted to put them together and they're like, no. And so he had to wear two ankle monitors, which I thought was kind of funny, but... I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anyone trying to use that to a defense, uh, you know, about, with, with the argument where the, the problem exists because of themselves. <laughs> right, right. Well, it reminds of the expression that uh, that you uh, the, the whole joke that you shoot your parents and then complain about being an orphan. Um, and that, you know, that that's not a defense to murder, <laughs> but, uh, right. yeah, like that old, that old meme of the guy riding the bike and then sticking the stick right in the spokes and then falling down and then blaming uh, someone else for it. Um, it's a very interesting, uh, argument. Hey, I have to take a quick break. Will you, will you stay with me? I have some more questions. Absolutely. Great. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. If you're a cereal lover like me, you've got to give it a try. I am a cereal connoisseur. Since I was a kid, I loved my cereal. I would sit down in front of Saturday morning cartoons, eat my cereal. But as an adult, I've had to give it up because of all the carbs and sugar, and it just has no nutritional value and all the chemicals and stuff. But not Magic Spoon. It has brought back my love of cereal. You will not believe it's made without all the sugar, carbs, or guilt. It is so good, you won't believe it's actually healthy. Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, value, as opposed to none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast, and I agree. Magic Spoon cereals amazingly have zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only 3 net grams of carbs in each serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free, and the best part is it's delicious. Four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. You can feel the nostalgia. Uh, Magic Spoon tastes incredible. Uh, sometimes I snack on it dry. It's a nice dessert. It's delicious, and it's good for you. So it's guilt-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans. You can grab a variety pack and try all four flavors today. And be sure to use promo code dailybeans at checkout to get free shipping. Because Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, it will refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash dailybeans, and use code dailybeans for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to Adam Klasfeld about this interesting uh, case that came up uh, today that I guess, was there a hearing on on the motions filed by the NRA? And you said there was a motion to pause the case, a motion to change the venue and a motion to dismiss. Was that kind of what was happening today, the reason for this hearing? Yes, it was or oral arguments on those three motions. And tell me a little bit, too, about the, the motion to pause. What what is What, what was that about? Well, one of the uh, very recently, the NRA uh, filed for bankruptcy in Texas. And so in light of that, they they sought um, a stay. Uh, there was a question about whether today's proceedings would resume. The NRA uh, ultimately did not object or reserved objection on those grounds. But basically, Letitia James's office with the New York Attorney General uh said that this case should go forward. The fact that there are these bankruptcy proceedings shouldn't throw a wrench in it, that this is, um, they they uh, cast it as uh, trying to um, basically throw a wrench in it with a 
with a gambit. Uh, and uh, But you have these proceedings getting more sprawling by the moment. Now, you mentioned earlier that uh, Oliver North, that, you know, that they had, the NRA had been fighting with Oliver North, um, and there's been on top of everything else, they're kind of infighting. Um, it's interesting. The NRA had accused Oliver North of inciting, in their words, a failed coup against the NRA. Um, it's a, <laughs> a coup. A coup. Okay. Against the NRA leadership, um, which um, just so it, it shows the kind of temperature of this internal fighting, but the. NRA has been in litigation with him. They have been in litigation with their former ad agency, uh, Ackerman McQueen. And uh, these lawsuits are uh, just playing out in various courts. Now you have uh, multiple of ones in New York. You have the new bankruptcy proceedings that are now in Texas. And uh, it, they have failed today in citing the rapidly expanding litigation that they have as a reason to pause this, as a reason to pick it in a different venue of their choice. Um, they did not want it in New York City. Uh, they wanted it in upstate New York. They wanted it before a federal judge, not a state judge. And all three of those motions basically flopped this morning. Mm. Well, that's good news. And it's interesting you mentioned Ackerman McQueen, that they would even want to touch that. Because from my understanding, there could be a lot of trouble there, uh, a lot of illegality there, because when they took accepted $30 million for the Trump campaign uh, in leading up to 2016, and, and, and then Ackerman McQueen was also the ad agency attached to one of the super PACs for Trump. And there was an interesting sort of wonderment about where the money came from. Were they funneling Russian money? Did it go directly to a Trump super PAC through the NRA? I mean, why? I don't know why they would really want to turn that stone over, but okay. Um, I, I understand that, it's my understanding at least, that if, if New York and the Attorney General is successful in this lawsuit, they can legally go and open up shops somewhere else. They just can't do it in New York. But, I mean, it's not like you can go to Texas and just open up shop and break all the same laws. I'm sure Texas has laws against this kind of mismanagement. I mean, are, are these federal? I mean, there there has to be laws against mismanagement of finances like this in a in a nonprofit organization. Right. Well, one of the points that the New York Attorney General makes is that simply picking up their bags and moving to a different jurisdiction uh, cannot cannot take away this case. They were incorporated. They were established in New York. Um, the, this motion to dissolve it, this lawsuit to dissolve it, would essentially end the NRA as we know it. And that simply uh, finding a different state to hang your hat, um, it, you know, the attorney general basically says that's not they cannot do that. That that gambit is not going to work. Well, it doesn't make any sense if to to hang around in New York, break New York laws, and then when you get in trouble or you start getting people start noticing, you just pack up and move to a different state. It does. That's not exactly right. how the how the law works. That's not how the law works exactly. Hmm. 
Interesting. Well, uh, this is, um, for me, it's good news that not necessarily for the NRA, but that all three of these motions were denied, change of venue, put a stay on it, and the motion to dismiss it outright for the inconvenience of there being two suits, one of which they filed themselves. Okay. Uh, but it's it's good to know that the that the judge has has dismissed them. So uh, I appreciate you coming on and giving us this update. We'll keep following this. Uh, if you could come back and and give us an update in a while and let us know how it's going. Absolutely, looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Adam Klasfeld. Tell everyone where they can find you and and where they can follow your work. Uh, I'm a reporter at LawandCrime.com, uh, and you can find it on that website, lawandcrime.com. And my Twitter address is Classfield Reports. Um, and thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. Excellent Twitter follow too, if you want to know what's going on in, in cases that matter to us. I appreciate your time, Adam Klasfeld. Thanks. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Helix Sleep. For the past four years, I've had trouble sleeping. I thought it was because of the orange monster in the White House. But as it turned out, I had a garbage mattress because it wasn't customized for my sleeping preferences and my personal needs. But my sleep issues have been solved by Helix. Helix Sleep understands you're unique, and they customize your mattress to fit you in the way you sleep best. They created this online sleep quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, and they use those answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. It's like... It's so I, I can't even tell you how comfortable this mattress is because it is customized just for me. Uh, so if you like a bed that's plush or firm or if you sleep on your side or your back or if you sleep hot, with Helix, there is a mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like my bed medium firm and I sleep on my side. So it's perfect for me. But you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick in 2019 and again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights, no risk. They'll pick it up if you don't love it, but you will love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And joining me for the good news today is Amy Carrero. Amy, how was your week? What an amazing week. Hello. What an amazing week. And to top it all off, it was your birthday. So you know what? I'm I'm like, it's just so amazing how time flies when you're not up every hour worrying about the state of the um, country and democracy. Yeah, I woke up this morning instead of dreading what was going to happen today. I was thinking about like projects that I'm working on, you know, and oh my gosh, imagine that it was it was weird, but awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I've been watching the the um, what's it called the um, press briefings. And it's just so every time Jen Psaki says, I'll see you tomorrow, I'm like, Ugh. I know. Like I just <laughs> want to burst into tears. I know. I I I'm I want to start rewatching the West Wing again because I feel like we're living in the West Wing now. Oh. Yes. Oh yes. And it it didn't it couldn't have happened a moment too sooner. Hmm? Anyway, I'm very happy this week and I hope you everybody listening is too. Yeah, and Fauci today was on fire. He was so happy. He looked like a kid fire. in a candy store. I mean, he's reporting terrible, awful things, but he's like out from under the yeah, thumb. Yeah, yeah. 
of having to walk this precarious line, you know, of, of what to say and what how not to upset the, the president and shit like that. So today he was just like, it's so true. Here's the answers to your questions. And if I don't know the answer, I'm not yeah. going to make it up. <laughs> oh, imagine that. I know I was, I, I was so refreshed by his candor. He was like, yeah, it was hard, but... <laughs> Here we are. You know what I mean? He's just like, uh, yeah, you know, it was what it was. It's got a super great accent, too. I love it. Oh, the best, the best. Instantly trust him. Yes. Oh, just my heart. I'm just so happy with what's... Uh, uh, it's it's kind of sad how good just normal feels. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's kick this off. I'm going to start, start with uh, uh, a submission here from TN, pronouns she and her. Dearest Beans, I'm a new listener. I'm completely mad for you all. I just get a little flutter when it's time to tune in. So I signed up with BetterHelp and scheduled my first session on my 51st birthday, January 29th. Oh. Happy birthday. I'm really looking forward to it. Wow. Uh, I have no fur pal pics yet. My brilliant boyfriend gave the green light on a kitta. He'll, he's been reluctant as we are renters, basically saying, fuck it because of COVID. We need this now. Her name will be Pippa. I fucking love you. When, <laughs> oh. when I get a job, I'll support. Um, uh, we've got a note here from our producer, TN. Check your email. We sent you a sponsored Supercast feed <gasps> to get you all of the premium beans content for free Whoa. while you're out oh, of work. Man. So, man, it's just it's so much good news. I can't even believe it. That's so cool. And I'm so glad that TN has has gotten the green light for Pippa. And that's the cutest name. P.S. So TN gets a kitty and a sponsored Supercast feed from one of our wonderful um, listeners that, you know, we have a lot of folks who donate um, premium feeds to people who can't swing it so there you go so so generous and so lovely okay next up we have anonymous he him today uh january 21st is my birthday birthday. well four years ago i spent the birthday at the women's march today i got to wake up with biden as president on top of that today i signed and filed the paperwork to form my own design slash media slash marketing llc with the intent to depart from my employer when they finally call us back into the office. Among other reasons for leaving, I'm just enjoying working from my carefully curated home office space with my floofy coworkers. Too much, okay? <laughs> A few of them are pictured below. Oh my gosh. These are also very... Look at yeah, these. That, those pictures are beautiful. Oh, there's... Okay, there's a baby kitty, and then they're with a little pointy chin. I love it. It's like he's got a goatee. And then there's oh. chickens. Oh. Hello, chickens. And then there's a beautiful <laughs> calico or torty with style a with a, with a oh. mlem sticking out. She's beautiful. Thank you for that. I mean, I can tell that this person's home, yeah, is so, is it probably is just so beautiful just by looking at like, the pic like how carefully that person curated the pictures i'm just like i can already tell the house is amazing well congratulations i'm i'm very happy for you and it'll be fun to quit uh let's see here next up from gail oh hi gail i know you gail pronoun she and her you probably already know this but the white house's website has already been completely changed to reflect the new biden administration and one feature that has caught people's attention the contact form now asks users for their pronouns p.s You know my pet tax is coming. Here's Streaker hollering for snacks and Cinder looking like the guilty party that ate them all. Look at this 
babies. Oh my! So God. Gail, in case you don't, oh, wow! In case you don't know Gail, she's an incredible artist. But she also her cat had like five kittens, all boys during COVID. Oh. So these are the these are the oh, these are the boys. No. Yeah, look at that art in the background. Jeez, everybody's like, I wonder what's going on in astrology today. Where everybody that wrote in is like very. Um, you know, into the aesthetics yeah. and very cool. I'm into it. Okay, next up, we have Becca, she, her, self-correction. I realized when listening to Thursday's show that I accidentally attached the wrong photos to the story about Ellie, the sewing machine eating GSP. Dang it. I'm only 24. I'm supposed to be better at technology than this. <laughs> anyway, she's too cute for me to let it go. So hopefully I got it right. And you can actually see her wonky cuteness this time. Have a great weekend, you lovely beans queens. Oh my god! Yep. So Becca's dog ate a pin cushion and ate sewing needles. <gasps> so there's this. What? Look at them. Oh, this is great. You know how when oh. dogs lay upside down and their lips kind of flap off to the yeah. side? That's what's happening here. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. That's oh, so and look great. at the one and she's like on top. Oh my god! I know. Is that a? Is that? A, I think that's a tongue. Yep, that is a kiss on the face. That's happening. Yeah, Ugh, I'm obsessed. Up. Session. Yes. Next up from Eric, pronouns he and him. Good news with Hamilton and Angelica. I'm a single dad and my daughter started her freshman year during COVID. What a garbage time to start high school. She went oh, from being an honor roll student to barely passing with remote learning and, and we need more smiles and laughs around the house. She's been asking for kitties for years. And since I'm mostly remote now, I figured it would be the perfect time to adopt a bonded sister brother pair. It's definitely the best decision I made last year as they have a ton of fun and love in our home. My daughter and I found something to bond over again. We couldn't be happier with our fuzzy friends. I hope the three pictures is not too many to send, but Hamilton and Angelica really wanted to say hi. Also, you can tell we're huge Hamilton fans. <laughs> Five times for oh us. Oh, my God. Five times for us back in the olden days when we could go to the theater and be social. Look at... Oh, <gasps> wow. What a... <laughs> Great. Oh my gosh, that second picture is everything. <laughs> I know, with the legs and the <laughs> I can't wait for I can't wait for the people to see this in the newsletter. It's like the other cats like just cover yourself up. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm obsessed and oh man, I wish I could I wish this is so this is gonna sound so weird because I'm a perfect stranger, but I wish I could come to your house and listen to Hamilton with your daughter and play with your cats. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah, clearly just starved for all kind of human interaction. So cool. Okay. Is am I next? You My are. brain is mashed potatoes. Yep. Okay. Woohoo! Look at this. We got two cases on the docket for Beans Court it is in session. <laughs> If it pleases the court, I, a human being, am seeking damages from the defendant, an ungrateful cat. I've heard about cats being very aloof, but I didn't know to th what degree until now. Facts. My partner and I adopted this little monster last month. In order to make him feel like our home is his home, we, brought, we bought him a little cat treat, Exhibit 1, that he has never used. It might as well be invisible. However, he does love to play with the box it came in. It was in the hallway waiting to be taken out to the recycling when he discovered that he could use it as a tunnel and a hideout to ambush us from Exhibit 2. He'll run up and down the hall all night, sounding like a stampede of miniature buffalo, and still not be tired enough to, to take a nap in his tree. Does the court have any suggestions as to how to get the defendant to use his cat tree, short of smearing it with tuna, since the cat has no means of ever paying for said cat tree, eagerly awaiting the court's judgment? Ooh, well, that's a nice cat tree, mm -hmm. first of all. It is nice. It's beautiful. 
It's got a little that hammock. Lux. It's very nice. That but, is a Lux uh, cat tree. I'm afraid to tell you, uh, as a very experienced cat owner, uh, that whatever you buy that's very expensive for your cats, they will ignore. And then whatever they find lying around <laughs> that is cheap or free, uh-huh. say a ball of aluminum foil or that ring that you pull <laughs> off of the top of the milk carton, those will be the toys that they pay the <gasps> most attention to. But there is a way to get your cat to love the cat tree. What is it? Sprinkle catnip on it. Is that is that a snack? That is a drug. That is a drug that cats get high off of. Oh, it's a drug. <laughs> it's called catnip. <laughs> and it makes them goofy and they love it. Now, now like like humans and marijuana, some cats don't care for it. They don't it doesn't give them enjoyment. But if your cat is a catnip cat, they will go bananas for it. So you just buy some loose catnip. It looks like oregano. You can get it from Amazon or oh, I wow. don't. I don't. <laughs> it does look like a drug, huh? I don't like Amazon, but you can get it from you know, like Chewy, some online store, um, and you just sprinkle it on there on the different platforms and watch. Mm. They will go to town, or your cat will. We'll go to the cat tree. Listen, I I wish I knew more about cats. I know a ton about dogs, and I know that with that you know positive reinforcement is the way to get a dog to do just about anything. But with cats, it feels like you have to drug them or entice them with some sort of drug. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna defer to AG on this because that cat tree really does need to be used. It's so beautiful. So I'm assuming that you know. Other than, I'm sure you've already tried maybe putting the cat's favorite toy on it or whatever. Maybe the cat's still not interested. So I would go for the cat crack. I think the cat's favorite toy is the cardboard box. <laughs> I put the cardboard box on it and then see what happens. That's hilarious. Also, that cat is so cute. But also, um, AG, do, do, I don't know how old this cat is. I'm assuming it's a kitten, maybe. Do they have like a learning curve? Do they... Do they learn? Do they grow out of certain behaviors or not so much? Mm, not really. <laughs> I mean, they 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 get calmer as they get older, but they're pretty much the same jerks, right. you know. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, catnip should do the trick if your cat is a catnip cat. I love it. Cat crat. Try it. All right. Next up from anonymous pronouns she and her beans court. I hope you can solve an issue. Can you help us come to a settlement agreement? The question, how much is too much to spend on a bra? I usually take care of the household finances, and bra shopping is probably number nine million on my list of favorite things to do. To resolve this, when I find a bra that fits well, I will buy four or five at once and then wear them until they literally fall apart. And I have to begin the process all over again. Due to COVID, my husband is now home when deliveries arrive, and he opened the box with my new bra shipment. When he saw the $54 price tag on each bra, he was beside himself. I explained that I got them on a 40% off sale, and he still felt the cost was excessive. I explained that I get the mid-range bras, and what I order is pretty basic, and that I wear them for a long period of time. He still insists I'm paying too much for bras. Can you clarify what a decent price for a bra is? Not top-of-the-line bras, but something good enough to wear in the workplace with date-night clothes. We have agreed to abide by your decision. Ooh! My husband's solution is go without, or my husband's solution, go without one, is a no-go. Trust me, at my age, <laughs> ain't nobody wants to see that. Uh, they've also submitted a court filing fee in the form of pet pictures. This is Dog. His name is Pedro. He turned one on Christmas Day and weighed in at 109 oh, shit. pounds. Oh, shit. He's an Anatolian shepherd and Great Pyrenees mix, and you don't even have to ask. He's the good boy. The cat was adopted from a local shelter. 
Her name is Caddy Wampus. She earned her name because that mustache is never going to be straight. We quickly found that her personality fits her name as well. She uh, is, should we say, um, fickle. Love your show. Have been here since the kitchen days and love to hear you all laugh. Thanks for getting us through the dark days. Look at this giant dog. <laughs> that dog is my size. I mean, granted, I'm pretty short, but that's that's um, that's impressive. I wonder... He's part Pyrenees. I wonder if he's drooly like Pyrenees, but he's so beautiful. And this cat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Catty Wumpus with the crooked mustache. Oh, That's so cute. I love Catty Wumpus. All right, Amy, what do you think? You're going to rule on this now. Bra prices. Ooh, listen. Mama, ma, Miss Girl has very, very, very uh, strict opinions on bras. And I, and I think AG will agree with me. That here's the thing about a bra. Bras are one of those things that you never want to um, skimp on because if you do, then what might happen is maybe you'll wear it for a couple months or God forbid by mistake you throw it in the dryer, gasp, never do that. And like some of the, you know, the, the stitching comes apart or if it's not well made, like if you wear an underwire, maybe the underwire starts poking at the side of your boob. And it's just, it's one of those things that you just want to buy quality and it sounds like that's what you're doing. Um, I would say that a $54 price tag for a bra without the sale is pretty average. I don't even think that that's like, you know, the, the most expensive you could get for a basic bra. So mm -hmm. I already think $54 is pretty good, especially if you're wearing them until they literally fall apart, which if they're quality bras, I mean, a quality bra is going to last you at least three years, right? Mm -hmm. If you take care of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm I'm going to have to go with, with the bra wearer on this and say that it that you actually did a good thing. You were actually really considerate by waiting for the 40% off sale. Mm. And as my Latin mother always says, you don't want to you know, you don't want to go out, not that we're going out anywhere, but you know, you don't want to ever be caught like God forbid you get in a car accident or something and like the EMTs have to see your worn out bras. Mm. I love that that's my mother's mm. biggest concern and not that I've been in an accident, but that the EMTs would judge me for my underwear. Yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I have to agree. That's that's more than fair, the, the 50, $54 with the 40% off. I concur. Generally, if I buy super nice bras or nice bras like for work, you know, um, for yeah. little black dress bras, those run in the $80 range, right? Uh, yeah, totally. You can actually, I would recommend perhaps uh, for maybe some evidence, you could have them go online to Victoria's Secret and see how their bras range. Uh -huh. T-shirt bras are generally in the $40 range and yes, nicer correct. bras run in the 60s to 80s. Um, I think, you know, $54 for a nice bra, if you say it's 40% off, that's in the $80 range. That's pretty normal. And it's, it sucks, I think, mm -hmm. because I can buy dresses for $80, um, that will last my whole life. Uh, but right. bras are very expensive. They're really expensive things. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of that, you know, being a woman tax we all have to pay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Underwear is strangely expensive too. Or I don't know if it's just me. Like the I have like, I don't know. I would say I have like 20 pairs of underwear, like panties, right? I hate the word panties. But yeah, I know, me too. Why is it weird about it, right? It's weird. I don't like it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But there's something like weird and like, just just grimy about that word like predator or something i always call them just chonies okay so okay so chonies i have like i would say like a good like 20 or something right and i've had these underwear for like i don't know five years and they're really good but now they're kind of starting to wear out and so i went online to look and maybe it's just the brand that i've been buying that i that i bought all those years ago 
but they're like $20 a pop. Yep. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. See, now, I buy all, all the bras I wear are either soft bralettes now, or I'll get um, yeah, me the too. free-to-be bras from Lululemon, which are like 60 bucks. Oh, I haven't tried. Lululemon's expensive, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, on average, more so than I would say Victoria's Secret, but good quality, you know? Oh, yeah. They'll last me forever. The ones I have right now, I've had for f- yeah. six years, and they're not showing any signs of wow. wear. So. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're also, you know, they immobilize the ladies for jogging purposes. Yeah, for exercise yeah. and such. Yeah, that's another thing too. If you are a, if you are a person with with moderate breasts, bras become all that, you know, more important. Like I I pr- have a pretty small chest, so like I could just throw on a bralette with like absolutely no support and be pretty okay unless I'm going for a jog or something. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is like fuller chested, like you've got to really feel good about what you're putting on those pups. Yep. So I'm all for the wife's um, decision on this. And I'm glad the husband has agreed to uh, go with that. I agree too. And we we actually used to uh, advertise for a company called Third Love. They make pretty good bras and they're all really pretty reasonably priced, but they're still in the $40, $50 range, you know. Yeah. Uh, and those are more more comfortable, casual bras. It's so funny that there's like fancy bras, casual bras. There's certain things you need your boobs oh, to do when you dress up. And there's certain things that you can yes. get away with when you're wearing a t-shirt or you're dressed down. Yes. <laughs> so That's so true. Like if you're wearing, I don't know, something that's a little lower cut, like maybe you want, you know, it's like $87 for, a for demi. something yeah. that's crisscrossed in the back. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Although there are the, the super... Um, versatile ones that you can change to be crisscross or be over the shoulder strap. Yeah. Um, I like those too. I've got a bunch of, of demis uh, of those crisscross. Those are the generally... Oh, demi cut. Ooh, yeah. Generally the ones that... Because then you can do the low cut stuff, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, not that I go anywhere and it's so sad because I actually found in my drawer, this, this is definite too much information, but I found like, you know, you know, like in your 20s when you're like, I'm just going to be lingerie for myself and I'm just going to like buy something cute for me. <laughs> and so I found a bunch of like old sets that I bought when I was in my 20s, like, you know, like pretty nice like like agent provocateur light or whatever and i'm like when the fuck did i ever wear these like you can't even wear this shit under clothing like it would it would look you would see it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. all the lace and the bows and stuff anyway oh the money we spend on things that no one sees yeah just to get a selfie you know (laughs) yeah well everyone um and that is by no means an admission that i have selfies of me in sets from <laughs> I was stuff I bought say. in my 20s. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for submitting your court cases. If you have a dispute and you want it settled here in the Beans Court, send it in to us. You can also send us your corrections and your confessions and your good news, even if you just send us pod pet pics, whatever it is. You can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Amy, do you have anything before we get out of here for the weekend, the first weekend of Biden as president? <gasps> Oh, I just have I just hope everybody's breathing a little bit easier and they're having a good time. And, you know, uh, and then I will say, I I think at least for me, I'm talking to myself here. I'm going to take the weekend. I saw a lot of chatter on Twitter about like now we get to work. And yes, absolutely. There's so much work to do. But don't forget to also take like a little bit of, you know, have a little celebration moment, you know, whatever that means for you. Take a bath or pop some, you know, booze or whatever. Go for a walk. I think it's important to to honor the fact that we've spent the last four years in a in a tight ball at the very least. So let's just enjoy the weekend, I think. Mm. 
you've earned some rest. So take it. Yes. And uh, until Monday, when we speak again, please take... Oh, and let me just tell you, by the way, again, Dana Goldberg and I will be live today at 2 p.m. on the Stereo app. Download it. It's free. We've Every week now, we beat Jeffrey Ross and Adam Carolla, and that just pleases me. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, because Adam Carolla says so women cool. aren't funny. Women can't be funny. Okay, yeah, well, we're kicking your ass on the Stereo app. So. Okay, bye Check that out. And uh, Dana and I will be doing it on uh, Fridays at 2. And then Andrew Torres and I will do it for the Cleanup on Aisle 45 pod. We do the Stereo app live Q&A on Tuesdays at 5 Pacific time. All times are Pacific. So we'll see you then. And then we'll see you back here Monday. And until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet. I've been A.G. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.